Good morning. All right. All right. All right. Good, good. Let's try to keep it that way for the next 15, 20 minutes. Just try to stay awake for the next 15, 20 minutes. Amen? Otherwise, I will walk to you and, and point at you, and you'll be on video. and The whole world will see you sleeping in our service. Father, we just thank you, God, that we are fully known by you and still loved, God. We thank you that you know us fully and you love us truly, Lord God. Father, we just ask right now, God, that you would surround us, that you would um, inhabit us, that you would hold us, God, that you would capture our heart, capture our attention. Thank you, Lord, that you pursue us. Thank you that your word is alive and that it comes after us, Lord, that it gets inside of us, Lord God. Let that be, help, help me to disappear right now, God, that they would hear you and see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Here's the quote this morning. God does not love us because of what we do or don't do. He loves us because of who he is and what he's done. Amen? The, the song that we were just playing, that song has kind of been stuck in my heart lately. It's by Torrin Wells, a little shameless plug, uh, called, Fully, uh, called Known. And the song says, some of the lyrics of the song, it says, It's so unusual, it's frightening. You see right through the mess inside me. And you call me out to pull me in. You call me out to pull me in. And you say that I can start again and I don't have to keep on hiding. And in the chorus it says, it's not one or the other, it's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known and loved by you. I want to call you out today to pull you in in a message titled Hard Truth and Ridiculous Grace. Amen. I was reading the book of Hosea last week. Hosea, Old Testament prophet. And there wasn't a better title or expression that I could uh, find to sum it up and to get the full picture. It's an Old Testament book. And when you, when you read the Old Testament, you, you, kinda, you can't help but feel the weight of that thing. Amen? You know, you would have to read it to understand what I'm saying. But there's, there's some really hard truth in there. And when you look at the greater picture, there's also some ridiculous grace. And so let me set it up and give you some context before we get to the scripture in Hosea because it's so hardcore. Basically, the book of Isaiah, Hosea, is about our sin and God's love. It's about our unfaithfulness and God's faithfulness. It's about our wandering and His pursuit of us. It's about our mess and His message, our straying and His correcting, our unreliableness and His dependability. I wish I had more words to describe it. It's about our rebellion and His forgiveness. It's about our inconsistency and his unfailing love, our falsehood and his loyalty, our lack and his abundance, our prognosis and his prescription, our condition and his remedy, our sickness and his cure. It's about hard truth and ridiculous grace. And here's how it starts. Hosea 1 verse 2 and the Lord said to Hosea, go find the prostitute and marry her and make this prostitute the mother of your children. Hashtag, God said, what? So now we need some background, some context, because that's a crazy way to start a passage of scripture. Amen. Go find the prostitute. And marry her and make this prostitute the mother of your kids. Hosea was a prophet called by God from a list of prophets that, that God had sent to his people to guide them and to warn them and to lead them. And, and so he comes on the scene and he starts ministering to God's people, Israel. 
during a, a, a time about 650 years after they've been delivered from Egypt as slaves and they've been in the promised land about 650 years and they've been delivered, you know, and, and God has brought them into this land that's for them and God has, has shown them miracle after miracle and, and, and these people have been set apart by God, they've been protected and loved by God and they get to this place and after a while they start grumbling and complaining. We, we don't know nothing about that, right? After a while they want to be like everyone else. Anybody suffer from that sometimes? They want to be like everybody else. If I have a problem, like, uh, no, I'm, gonna, I'm a Christian. No, no, but that doesn't mean that you try to, because you, you want to be like everybody else. We don't want to be set apart. We don't want to be weird. We don't want to be considered different. We don't want to be, you know, we want, no, I'm like you, though. I'm like you, though. I'm a Christian. I'm like you, though. So they didn't want to just be God's people. They wanted to be like everybody else. They wanted a king like other nations. And so if we read in 1 Samuel, they demanded a king for that reason. They said other kingdoms have a king. We, why can't we have a king? And so up until that point, God was their king. God was their leader. And God used to um, set them up as a unique nation. He, he, led, them through, um, he led them by priests and judges. Imagine if the man of God is the one that God puts in charge to, to lead you and, and not a politician. Oh, man. Anyway, they didn't want that. They wanted to be like everybody else, and so they're asking for a king. So by asking God for a king, they were, in essence, rejecting his leadership. And so after Samuel tried to set things straight with them and make things right, the people refused. And so God sent them a king. Be careful what you ask for. Say amen. And that the man, the first one was Saul. And if you know the story, Saul ended up to be not so great a king. And then there were these issues with, and then David, and then David's sons. And, and there were some good kings, and there were a lot of evil, wicked kings that led the people astray. And all the while, God's people were becoming more and more and more like the people they wanted to be like. And, and they started to mix and, and become more like these people. And so they were not God's people anymore. They, were, they wanted to be regular people. A lot of us in the church sometimes suffer from that. We don't want to be God's people. We want to be regular people. And so they, they even went so far as to adding some of their, their gods to their, our God. And we would say, man, but we would never do that. Come on. Some of you wearing saint chains around your neck right now in here. But we would never add other gods to our God. So, so by this point, they were a hot mess. God's people were a hot mess. Side note, be careful what you ask for and what you insist of God. When God says his way of doing things is better than our way, we should listen. When God says to us as his people that he has a plan for us, we should wait on that plan. I came to confirm some things in you. We, we should wait too often like the nation of Israel. We want to be like Mike. We want to do what they do. We want to act like they do. We've been called out. God says, I've called you out from among them. And if we're honest today, the hard truth is we are Israel. Well, you're walking dead fans. We are Negan. Megan, whatever. All right, four people watch that show. Never mind. So we are Israel. We, we don't want to wait for anything. God says, I have a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. We say, but I want to be like everybody else. They get to whore around all the time. They get to do whatever they want. I don't want to wait. I want it now. I want what I'm not ready for. I want what I can't afford. I want what I'm not ready to manage. We are Israel. And if we look at God's interaction with Israel, sometimes God will give his people exactly what they ask for. Sometimes God will say, okay, sweetie, you don't want to wait for Mr. Right? Here comes Mr. Right now. Yeah, I know he's unemployed, but, but you got a job, right? So, so you can hold him down, right? Yeah, I know he didn't finish school, but they didn't understand him in school. And, and anyway, he's going to blow up one day when his mother lets him finish the studio in the closet. 
Yeah, yeah, I know he wears his pants under his butt still, but he's exactly what you asked for. He's exactly what you wanted. So God's people, Israel, they, they, they couldn't get along. Let's get back to Let's get off of that. So, so God's people, Israel, whoo! Anyway, God's people, Israel, couldn't get along and agree with one another. And so after, after time, see, God will allow the neighboring enemies to take them. This is awesome. God will use your enemies to better you. Oh, take that. Some of you could just go home. That's what you needed. God will use your enemies to better you. So sometimes God will allow the neighboring enemies to take them, and at times they would pray and confess, and God would send relief and deliverers and prophets and priests and to bring them back, and again they would fall back to the practices of the pagan nations around them and forsake God. And so, you know, we, we, <coughs> we see it today. We ask God for guidance and wisdom to do things, but we want to do it our own way anyway. Right? Instead of prayer, this is what I find in church. Instead of prayer, we ask for blessing. Instead of asking, God, what would you have me do? We say, God, you bless what I'm doing. When God says, I've made you special, I've called you out, I've created you to do great things, which I prepared in advance for you to do, Ephesians 3.20. But we say, no, I'm going to make something of myself. We are Israel. I thank God that a lot of times he doesn't do what we ask. Many times in his grace, God will block your plans. We, we see it here in Hosea. And, and let, me, let me share something I haven't shared in a really long time. And for those of you that are new here for a couple of years, you probably didn't even know this. Back when I met my wife, about four years old, all right, about 19, whatever. Um, my biggest dream was to be an actor. Man, I, I wanted, that's what I wanted to do. Now, I had, I had a little manager, you know, and, and he was managing like the four, the 14 um, little Hispanic kids, and he would send us to every, in, you know, we would meet each other at every audition. I had done some small TV shows. I was, I was uh, how many remember The Equalizer? With Edward Woodward, two of you, awesome, awesome. Two of you, awesome. It was a great show. I was on that show. I was a gang member. I had a great scene. I said nothing. It was just, uh, every time they passed by, I was like. And I did that for like two weeks. (laughs) Two weeks. I had on leather pants. Anyway. Then I did a Spanish commercial. That I went international. I did a Spanish commercial, right? For Pine Sol. This is TSF Espanol right here. You got to bring me in to share this with, with the Spanish church. I did a Spanish commercial for Pine Sol. And, and my role in this commercial, I was the, the older son kind of. And so I was full of grease. And, and I run in and I, and I jump up on the counter and I get oil on everything. And I say, ya regalé el auto. And I must have said that like 47 times. Ya arreglé el auto is hard to, you say that a lot, it's hard to say it. That commercial got cut and they made it a radio commercial, so you never even saw me on TV with that one. But if you heard it on the radio of Spanish, ya arreglé el auto, that was me. And then, and then I caught my big break. After four or five auditions for the same thing, like a a couple more screenings, I landed an international Pepsi commercial. Big dog, right? It was with Miami Sound Machine, Gloria Stefan. They flew me to Florida. It was like a lot. It was a great commercial. Because of that commercial, I got into the Screen Actors Guild, so now I'm a union actor. Right? And I'm seeing checks come in. I'm like, yeah, this is crazy. And and I'm like, I'm I'm here, I'm there. I'm like I'm almost movie star status, you know what I'm saying? In my head, you know, in my head. I'm like the man right now. I'm here. I'm like soap opera quality right now. Just. And um, right around that time, God got a hold of me. And I, 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 I didn't know any better. I thought, all right, that's even better. I'm going to get so famous, everybody's going to know me, and then I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. 
And I said, good plan, Jorge. Good plan. Oh, sorry, English. Good plan, George. And that's an awesome plan. Pastor, um, uh, 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 God, bless that. And, and at that point, I really said, I really felt God say, how about no? How about no? And I felt like God showed me two lives. And, and, and he showed me the man I would be if I continued this path. And, and down that path, I saw a lot of money. I saw a lot of fame. I saw a lot of stuff, good stuff. You know, the stuff that we want all the time. And then he showed me another path of the man I would be if I followed after him. Only I didn't see anything on that path. And the, I'll be honest with you, the actor guy, he wasn't such a nice guy. And um, right after that, that was the last thing. I stopped answering the manager's calls. I never went on another audition. I became a husband. I became a father. I became a pastor. And now I became a grandpa. And I can tell you today, this is why I want to tell you this, I can tell you today almost 30 years later, God's way was the better way. God's way was the better way. God has been so good and so gracious to me. And so I want you to understand that even God's no's are for our own good. Even God's no's are for your good. Even here in Hosea, the punishment, God's punishment was redemptive. It was purposeful. See, God's a good father. In the Old Testament and in, and, and, and in, in, in this book and in our lives, you know, when, whenever God allowed the enemy to take over his people and, 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 and try to destroy them or enslave them, it was only after much warning. It was only after many prophets, many priests, many signs, many cautions, and still hardness and disobedience, then God would allow their their enemies to capture them and allow us to be conquered by our enemy, not to destroy us, not to destroy them, but that so they would come to their senses and come back to God. See, God never lets you fall into the enemy's hands so that you can be destroyed. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy gets real happy when, when you, he's allowed to do something, to, be, to, to have a hold of your life because you allowed it. He gets real happy because he thinks I'm going to destroy him. He does not, never, I don't think he just doesn't get it that I'm not going to let you destroy him. I'm going to let you hold him until he or she realizes that I was better over here. <laughs> And he always has the choice to go back over here. And that's the beautiful grace. That's ridiculous grace of God. Amen. And so I'll tell you today, whatever you have to do to stay connected with God, do it. Follow that way. It's not the easy way. The other way seems right. There's a way that seems right unto man. But in the end, it leads to destruction. I talk to people all the time and they tell me, they make every excuse to not be connected with the body. They make every excuse to not be in church, to not do things, to not be used of God. Every excuse to, to not be, and then, then they end up leaving God or leaving the church and they tell me, I just didn't feel connected. And I want to punch them right in the jaw. Like, ladies, them, God, you don't feel connected. How could you feel connected? You were not connected. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you and we could this and that. we're better together. Amen? We're better together. So I'm sure in, in this group of Israelites and these people that, that there were people that loved God with all of their heart. I'm sure a lot of them were on fire at one point. <coughs> I'm sure, I mean, you can't have, you can't serve a God that can open the seas and allow you to walk through it. And then close it on your enemies and not be on fire for God. At least for a little while. At least for the week. Right? I understand like things happen later and you're like, you forget that he opened the sea, had you and your family walk through, and then close the sea on all of your enemies. I understand like after a week you might forget that. 
because you got a flat tire or because, you know, a bill is late and, oh, my God, my life. Yeah, but you see what God just did, right? So I'm sure there were people that were the people of, of, these, of these Israelites that, that had a fire inside of them at one point, a fire that was boiling over. But what happens? Look, let me give you this picture. You can take a pot of boiling water, scalding hot, like right off the fire, the bubbles are, right? And, you know, you need three vessels to hold it. And you can take that and put it in the fridge. And for a little while, the fridge will drop temperature. For a little while, the fridge will, will not be as cold. The rest of the stuff in the fridge will not, will not be as cold. The fridge will, will start battling. You'll hear the compressor running and, and the fridge will be bad. There'll be a battle of the temperatures for a little while. That's like us in the world. There's a battle of the temperatures. We, we can come in here and get, and get fired up and then go into the cold world. And deal with cold, nasty people. Your boss. I mean, God bless him. Amen. Your mother-in-law. Your, I mean, whatever. You know, whatever it is. That, that you, you can, we can leave here and just step into that coldness, right? And there'll be a battle of the temperatures. And, and it, you know who will eventually win in that scenario? The fridge will eventually take control of the pot. And the pot will eventually grow cold. The fridge wins because it's connected. You, you, you let that. If, you, if, the, if the fire, if you were able to keep the fire under the pot and put that in the fridge, be a different story. But the one that's connected becomes the temperature changer. Oh, take that home. The one that's connected becomes the temperature changer. So Israel refuses to stay connected to God and to trust Him and to have Him be their king. And by the time of Hosea, God had already sent so many prophets. He'd already done so many things for them. He'd come to their rescue so many times. But by this point, even the nation of Israel has become divided. So there's the northern kingdom called Israel and the southern part called Judah. See, the hard truth is sin will always bring division. So Hosea comes on the scene and God's first word to Hosea from a different version, it says, go take yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. See, God wants the prophet to give his people a picture that they can see and identify with. So Hosea, I mean, Hosea, when you, when you read commentaries and scholars, Hosea was an incredible writer. One scholar calls him a literary craftsman. He's a wordsmith. And so his writing is filled with poetry and symbolism. And so the names mean something. The action, the place means something. It's rich. And, and I love reading, reading like that. So Hosea's name means salvation. So look, look, get these pictures because it's so cool. This is hard truth and ridiculous grace. Hosea's name means salvation. So even after all their rebellion, God is sending salvation to his people. Do you see that? So, so he went and he took Gomer, verse 3, and the daughter of, uh, the daughter of Diblaim. And Gomer means to finish, completion. And she conceived and she bore him a son. And the Lord said to him, call his name Jezreel. Jezreel means God scatters. I'm sending you salvation. Because I'm done with this. And you're going to be scattered. And she conceives again and bore a daughter. And the Lord said, call her name No Mercy. I mean, who's feeling bad for these kids right now? No Mercy, Bianchi. For I will have no mercy on the house of Israel his whole life. Now God is saying, I'm using your whole life as a picture for, the, for these people to get. It's hard sometimes to be used by God. Sometimes God will expose us, everything about us, so that somebody could get blessed. Amen? When she had weaned no mercy, she conceived and bore a son. By the way, a lot of, a lot of uh, commentators believe she's still a prostitute. These kids are not even Hosea's. A lot of, you know, because he said they will be children of whoredom. 
So anyway, she winged no mercy. She conceived and bore a son. And the Lord said, call his name, not my people. Who's getting tattoos? No mercy and not my people. The kids' faces. Call him his name, Lo Ami, not my people. For you are not my people and I am not your God. Family, the hard truth here in Hosea and, and for us today is God won't play, let's pretend. He, he, he will not say, you pretend to be my people and I pretend to be your God. The time for those games is over. Can we say amen? God is saying then and now, your idolatry is like adultery to me. Israel has turned from Yahweh to worship Baal, the Canaanite god of fertility. And so the Lord told Hosea, marry a woman who would prove to be unfaithful to him so that he could understand and communicate how the Lord felt about his wife and her unfaithfulness to him. So the name of Hosea's children all reminded everyone who heard them of the broken relationship that existed between Yahweh and Israel. And each one has had the anticipated the judgment that was coming. Every time he said, no, no mercy, Becky. Uh, no, not my people, come here. Every time they heard those names, Jezreel, the scatterer, come here. They were reminded of their relationship with God and the coming judgment. Chapter 2, the poetry starts. Can we put up chapter 2, starting at verse 4, if, if you can? <clears throat> Listen to kind of how beautiful this is written. But it's not good. It's hard truth. Upon her children also I will have no mercy, because they are children of whoredom. For their mother has played the whore. She was she who conceived them has acted shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water and my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. And, and look what Hosea wants to do. Look, this is the heart of God. Therefore, I will hedge up her way with thorns and I will build a wall against her so that she cannot find her paths. She wants to do evil. He said, I'm going to stop her from doing evil. I'm going to protect her paths from doing... Look, watch this. So she shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. She won't find them. She shall seek them, but not find them. Then she shall... I don't know why they put it like she shall... This is hard to say. Then, then she shall seek them but not find them and she'll say, I will go and return to my first husband for it was better for me then than now. And she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain and the wine and the oil and who lavished on her silver and gold which they used for Baal. See, this is the heart of God, the husband of God, the groom speaking. Even in her punishment, he's protecting her. His punishment is redemptive. It's only meant to bring her back to him, to bring her back to her senses. I love verse 8. He says, she didn't even know it was me who did all that for her. Family, the hard truth is so many times we think we're out there doing our own thing. We think we're in control and we're getting a job or we're making some money or we're doing some things and we got this car and we got this house or we got this life and we think we did it all. God is saying, you didn't even know it was me who's doing that for you. You didn't even know. The ridiculous grace is the, the end of that chapter is this. He's saying, <coughs> when she does come back, he said, I'm not going to let her find her lover. She's going to her lovers to get more money, to get more, to, to get more bank, to, to, to get more connection. To, and he's like, I'm not even going to let her find them. She's going to keep searching and searching, and she's not going to find them. And then she's going to realize, man, it was better with him. And when she comes back, look what God is saying, Hosea 2.14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, and I'll bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. If it was you and I, I'll bring her into the wilderness to bury her. <laughs> right? Can we be honest? Right? God says, I'll bring her into the wilderness to speak tenderly. 
and there I'll give her her vineyards. And I'll make the valley of Achor, that's the valley of trouble, I'll make the valley of trouble a door of hope for her. And there she shall answer as in the days of her youth and as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. He's talking about us, God's people, Israel coming out, right? And in that day declares the Lord, and you will call me my husband. And no longer will you call me my Baal, for I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth and they shall be remembered by name no more. And I will make for them a covenant on that day. And I will make you lie down in safety. And I will betroth you to me forever. And I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice and in steadfast love and in mercy. And I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. Verse 21, and in that day I will answer, declares the Lord. And I will answer the heavens and they shall answer the earth. And the earth shall answer the grain and the wine and the oil. And they shall answer Jezreel. And I will sow For myself in the land. And I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say to not my people. You are my people. And I will be their God. Isn't that beautiful? Do you see how he redeems the children? How he redeems the the, the wayward? The hard truth and what he's showing through, through Gomer and, and her children is that God's people have played the whore. Can I talk King James to you? We've pursued other lovers. Yeah, this is a fun message. We cheat on God. As Gomer, God's people, you and me, we fall away. We get distracted. We get lost. We forget our God and, we, we, and, and, and <coughs> what he's done. Listen, listen to God's word to Hosea in Hosea 3, verse 1. It says, and the Lord says to me, go again and love this woman who's loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they, don't, though they turn to other gods. So he goes, he, he says, she's gone again. He, he restores her. She's with him again. She's gone again as a prostitute. And God says, go again. Can somebody say amen that God said, go again and get me. Go again and find you. Go again and, 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 and love this woman who's loved by another man. So verse 2, he says, so he goes and I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and 10 bushels of barley. He had to go and buy his wife again. I mean, I hope you can feel the weight and the love of this. He had to go and buy his wife again. He said, find her again, go again, love her again. Side note, the price that he pays, if we look at the culture and the times, the price that he paid was the price for a dead slave. That was the price that you had to give somebody if you killed their slave. So she's worth nothing but a dead slave to him. She has no value to him. He goes and buys her back. The picture here is that when we turn away from God and we're enslaved by another, but the one who enslaves us, we're worth no more than a dead slave to them. You're worth nothing to the enemy. You're worth nothing more. You're not worth more than a dead slave to that which enslaves you. Yet God is saying, I'll pay the price. Church, the hard truth is we are Gomer. Apart from God, we have no worth. Apart, we continue to leave. We continue to love on other. We continue to turn. We continue to, to love other gods. We, we're, and, and, and God is saying, go again. Find him again. Love him again. I've paid the price for him. The ridiculous grace is no matter what name our birth has given us, he can change it. And he can give us a new beginning. Even in the valley of trouble can become a door of hope. Somebody needs to hear that today. <coughs> the, the book is long. Worship team, you guys can come. But there, there are five series of messages in the rest of the book of Hosea that go back and forth between Israel's guilt 
and the coming judgment. But at the end of every message, there's a message of restoration. You're guilty. You have to be punished. But I'm here for you. And that's still God's word for each and every one. You're guilty. You have to be punished. The wages of sin is death. You're guilty. There has to be judgment. But I'm bringing redemption. But I'm bringing restoration. In chapter 6 of Hosea, there's a call to repentance. And I want you to hear this today. Chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down so that he can bind us up. After two days he will revive us, and on the third day he will raise us up. Do you understand? This is Old Testament. This is before the cross. This is before, this is Old Testament. He says he will revive. On the third day he will raise us up so that we can live with him. The last chapter, chapter 14, there's another call to repentance. Hear this. O Israel, church, come back. Return to God. You're down, but you're not out. Somebody needs to hear that today. You're down, but you're not. You know, we can be in church and be down. We can be in church and be faking it. We can be in church and feel like no mercy and feel like not my people and feel like, this, like we've been scattered. We can be in church among God's people smiling. How you doing? God bless you. God bless you. And feel like my name is, what, 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 you know, hi, I'm Jose. I'm not no mercy. I'm Diane. I am not his people. Whatever you are today, Verse 14, he says, oh, Israel, chapter 14, come back. Return to your God. You're down, but you're not out. Watch this. Prepare your confession and come back to God. I love that. Another version says, prepare the words. Get the words together and come back to God. What is he saying? He's talking to people, to the Israelites who, who say the only way we can go to God is through religion. We got to sacrifice all the bulls. We got to do the hand washing. We got to do the ritual. We got to religion, religion, religion. He's saying, listen, listen, just take your words, prepare your confession, and come to God with just your words. Yes. I think that was tongues, but I, the interpretation... Prepare your confession and come back to God. Pray to Him. Say this, He says, take away our sin and accept our confession. You're our last hope. Is it not true that in you the orphan finds mercy? Can we just bow our heads for a moment? In you the orphan finds mercy. Wherever you are today, whatever name you've been labeled, not loved, no mercy, not my people, not good enough, not right enough. In him, the orphan finds mercy. I'm going to ask you to respond today. You can come up, you can stand up, you can do it in your seats. It doesn't matter. None of it is a show for anybody else but you. Prepare your confession. Prepare your words. Say, God, hear my confession and wipe away my sins. And I ask you to prepare your confession today. Confessing, coming to God in confession doesn't mean you're a bad person. We're all not good enough. Amen? So there's not one of us in here that's worse and you know everybody's looking and hoping oh I hope that guy hears this no you need to hear if you're looking at somebody else you're the one that needs it most hear my confession God take my words see my heart in you isn't it true that in you the orphan finds mercy in Hosea 14 4 he says I will heal their waywardness and I will love them freely. 
for my anger has turned away from them. And Hosea ends the book in a really strange way. He breaks the story and he speaks to the reader. He says, whoever is wise, let him understand these things. And whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous follow his example, but the rebellious stumble in them. Church, that's the gospel. That's the hard truth. And that's the ridiculous grace. So would you just take a moment to respond however you need to respond? Whether, whether that means you come and worship at the front, whether that means you, you kneel where you're seated, whether that means you, maybe some of you have to go and talk to somebody, to, to, to whatever it is, prepare your words. Say, God, hear my confession and accept my worship. Jeez. 
George said this morning. He said, even in their rebellion, God still offers salvation. Even in your rebellion, God is still offering salvation. There's nothing that we can do. You can't be too good. You'll never be perfect to understand or deserve God's grace. Because grace is something that is freely given, even though you're deserving of punishment. But see, God is here today to offer you salvation even in your rebellion. You see, you walked into this place because God has been setting you apart to bring you in. has your attention today. See, sometimes God got to separate us from the pack, the influences, the ones who, who we look up to, the one who has our ear, and bring you to a place where he can get you one-on-one -on -one and speak to your heart. And that's what he's doing, and that's what he's been doing today. He's saying that I love you, I care enough about you, that I don't want to see you destroy yourself so even in your rebellion I'm offering you salvation so if you're here and you're that person and this has been tugging on your heart man it's just been it's been you don't know what to do you, you're having so many emotions and you're saying I want it but I don't want it and you're it's a tug of war because you see this side and you see that side and for some reason this offers more and this side doesn't look like so much but I want to guarantee you that on this side there's pleasures evermore there's mercy there's love there's hope there's a future so if you're that person here and you've been struggling, please make your way, lift your hand, make your way, just, just acknowledge to God that I need you. I tried everything else and I'm back at the same place, struggling, fighting for my life. God is wooing you. God is drawing you to him because he loves you, not because he hates you because everything you've done. If he felt that way, you wouldn't be here today. He would have left you to your own devices and destruction. So if you're here and you need him, just lift your hands. Everybody close their eyes. Bow your heads. If you're here and you understand what I'm saying, lift your hands. Salvation is here for you today. Salvation is here for you today. And I want to pray over you. Father, look at those that may be here struggling, oh God, whether they're in the Lord or not whether they're connected, that they were once connected to you. Father, I pray that right now that you would connect them. Father, you said in your word, if we would accept you into our hearts as Lord and Savior, make you Lord over every aspect of our life, you would seal us with your Holy Spirit and we would be yours and you would be ours, oh God. So Father, look at those here, Father, and I pray that you accept them that their hearts would speak out and call and you would hear their hearts calling you right now because our heart speaks even louder than our words oh God and sometimes we don't have enough words to describe the pain and the things that we're going through so our heart speaks out instead and says we need you Lord I need you hear that cry now 
respond, Lord, because that's your will and that's what you do. You respond to those that cry out to you, Lord. I pray that you would cleanse, that you would restore, that you would redeem, that you would renew, that you would make whole, oh God, that you would clean, that you would clean, that you would clean right now. started this service talking about miracles oh God and we're going to end it rejoicing in the miracles oh God so we rejoice with you today people if you were one of those we rejoice with you please connect with somebody please get connected with somebody here connect with God we want to love on you we want to teach you more about who God is in your life man we want to introduce you to a new life God is real see we don't want to introduce religion but we want to introduce you to God because that's who you need to be connected to somebody bless him somebody praise him he is worthy if you saw somebody with their hands up just go to them and, and stand with them pray over them just rejoice with them Re welcome them into this family the angels rejoice even now even when one is saved all of heaven celebrates we celebrate today god is awesome you are blessed have a wonderful day and be a blessing God bless you.